Welcome to Church at the Bridge. For those of you that don't know me, I am Pastor Jose, and it is a true pleasure to have you all here. So today is a special day. Every day is a special day, right? It's the day that the Lord has made, right? We can rejoice and be glad in that. It's a good day. But today we're taking some time to celebrate dads, but I want to take a different approach on this because I want us to realize that fathers are a reflection of a greater father. That potential exists. Now, I realize that Father's Day can be an emotional day for some of us because maybe dad's not here. Maybe you didn't have a great relationship with dad. Uh, Maybe you didn't grow up with a dad. Uh, But the truth is that we can all recognize, as we will see from God's word, that there is something inside men, inside fathers, that has the potential to really impact the lives, not just of their children, but of those where they can play a father figure. I want you to know something all here, men, young or old. I know some of you are a little bit younger, some of you are teens, and you're tuning out, you're going, I'm not a father, this is not for me. Uh, Let me get on my Snapchat. Let me give you a piece of advice. If you... Uh, find yourself in a position where you break a leg one day? Do you want a doctor that at that moment goes, let me look at this book and see how this is going to work? Or do you want a doctor who's already studied it? What's my point with that? Ladies and gentlemen, young men, young women, one day you will grow to be a father. One day you will look to a man to be a father to your children. One day you may aspire to that. And so today this word, while it's for fathers and it's acknowledging God our Father, It's a message for each and every one of us. It has the potential to impact our lives greatly. Amen? So do this with me. Grab your your right hand, two fingers, put it next to your right ear, and turn up your tuner. (laughs) Turn it up. Tune in, all right? Don't tune out. You have my permission to elbow the person next to you, if that's the case. I'm just kidding. But anyway, we're celebrating dads today. How many of you know that dads are special? Some of you are looking at me like you're confused. Dads are special. But hey, listen, it's not because of, right, that's that's all, we can give it up for dads, right? It's not because of all their wisdom. It's not because they're handy, some of them, right? Um, It's not because of their strength. Listen, it's because of how they're made. It's because of what's been deposited in them. And if we look at dads at face value, or pops, like I like to call them, the way they are, We can identify the things that we love about them. We can identify the things that we appreciate about them. We can also identify deficiencies. We might even be drawn to their flaws. But the thing is that we have to look beyond what we see and what we know about fathers and the father figures in our lives to truly appreciate the father within. Today I want to take some time to talk to you about honoring the father in you, men. And so fathers are more than providers. They're protectors, they're leaders, they're a shoulder to cry on, and they're more than their mistakes. Fathers are made in the image of God. Now that's not to say that mothers, that men and women alike aren't made in the image of God, but it is important to note the recurrent means by which God portrays himself through his word unto his people. He portrays himself as a father, as a father. And that's, that's, that's the big idea today, that guys within you and I, ladies within the men that we know that are in our lives, young and old, there is a father figure within you. Listen, you might not be the father to a child, but you can be father to many. 
you can impact many, many lives. You can mentor a young man, a young woman. You can be an example of what a father, what a, what a man is in a home, unto a, a mother, unto a, a, unto a child, unto a community, in a workplace. You can model that because it exists within you. And so if you're a father today, if you serve as a fa father figure, or if one day you aspire to be a father, just know that there's more to you than the ability to produce a child. There's more to you than just simply providing for a child. There's more to you than just raising a child. You have the privilege to bear a title that God himself bears. Father. Father. That's, that's a big, big, big title. And so, uh, as we get started here today, I want us to begin to realize that just as God the Father is pivotal unto all creation, gentlemen, you have that same potential and you carry that responsibility. Now, I realize maybe you're like me where you didn't grow up with a great relationship with a father. Maybe dad wasn't around. My dad wasn't around for many, many reasons. Uh, some reasons that were outside of my control, some that were outside of his control. But regardless of whatever it is, I want you to begin to see that there is a father that is present always. And that's God the Father. And we're going to see that in Scripture. And we should say amen to that. Amen. We should be thankful for that. You know, today I was just meditating upon the Word and I was just starting my day and I was reflecting on the fact that, you know, well, I never really had my dad there. But one thing that I realize is this, that I've always had a father. God the Father. Always. And that's not to say just me or just you. But there is a father that's still reaching out to this very day to the entire world. And he proved it by his love as revealed through Christ for us all. Amen? I had every intention to have a kernel in my hand this morning but I like popcorn better. Uh, if you don't know me, let me tell you something about your pastor. If maybe this is your calling home today or this is your first time, we welcome you regardless. Uh, popcorn excites me. Some of you go to the movies and you're all into the movie. I fall asleep at the movies. That, that is absolutely, it's true. Listen, Star Wars to me was a good opportunity to lay back and fall asleep. Some of you are going, blasphemy. But for me, you know what makes the movie special? Popcorn. If any of you are old enough, you might remember RKO's. If any of you are from the city, I used to go to RKO's. 181st on Broadway, between Broadway and Bennett. McDonald's was here. RKO's was here. We went from the movies and stuffed ourselves with popcorn. And they didn't have free refills back then, but we bought a lot of popcorn. Right? And then we snuck in some popcorn as well. And candy. Oh, don't act like you never did it at once. Before Christ. But that was me. But, uh, you know, if you think about popcorn, it's the result of a kernel, a seed of corn. And when we look at seeds of corn, we don't really take the time to appreciate that every seed contains a harvest of corn. In my case, more popcorn. But my point is this. Gentlemen, just as a seed contains the ability to produce the harvest of corn, a harvest of popcorn, and please make sure you have as much popcorn as you want today. So you also contain within you 
that same potential. And so while there are fathers that maybe have been absent and maybe we might still be wrestling with that, I want you to realize that maybe they just didn't know what was within them. Maybe they just don't know what's within them. And there's mercy and there's grace for that. It doesn't excuse the behavior of fathers. It doesn't excuse the absentee father. But what it does do is it gives us insight to realize what's really going on there. And so for the next couple of moments that I have, no matter how you choose to look at the potential in this seed, I want you to begin to see the potential in you, fathers. And ladies, young men, young women, I want us to begin to see this from a greater perspective, from God's perspective. Amen? And so, man, you're just like dad. You're just like God the Father. I didn't say you are like the Godfather, right? Some of us, when we think about dad, we think about the Godfather. What are you talking about? Get, get over here. Right? That's not what I'm talking about, right? But let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 68, verse 5. Psalm 68, verse 5. And it's interesting, but this is the first time in Scripture, if you study it, there's one other time, let me correct that. There's one other time where David in the book of uh, 1 Chronicles 29 refers to God as our father. That's the first time. And you got to understand, maybe this is just me being real Bible geeky with you. But in those times, they wouldn't even mention God's name, Elohim. They wouldn't even whisper it. They wouldn't even write it. And they would certainly not refer to God as a father because... They didn't see themselves that way. David dared to say that. But this is one of the very first times, along with 1 Chronicles uh, 29, where we see that God is referred to as a father. And I want us to begin to appreciate this. It says, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. So I want to break this down with you real quick. That word father there is the Hebrew word ab. It's, it's, it's the derivative of the, um, the Greek word Abba. And what it contains in it in its meaning is it speaks of a head or a founder of the family. It speaks of an originator. It speaks of a benevolence and, and overwhelming excitement to give beyond measure. It speaks of protection. It also uh, refers to uh, a ruler or a chief. And so here's what's interesting about this, that while God reveals himself this way, if you study and you look in scripture, when you see the word father referring to a man and not God, it's the same word. It's ab. Why is that important? Because maybe you don't see yourself that way. Maybe we don't see our fathers that way. But we must understand that the title the creation of man, the father, a father, it's, it's akin to God himself. And let me tell you something else that's really cool about this scripture. Not only are we created to be like God the father, because we are. But when the Bible talks about God as a father to the fatherless, it's not just talking about people who don't have a father. It's talking about the destitute. It's talking about the one who's a wanderer. And when, it, and when it talks about a, a, a being a defender of widows, it's not simply talking about a mother or a woman who's without a husband. It's talking about those that lack provision and protection. And so 
When we start to look at God as a father and as a defender of widows, we must realize that when it talks about him being in his holy habitation, it's talking about God being in his most sacred dwelling place. It's talking about God being in his most holiest state. Not that his holiness changes, but what, what it's referring to is God in, at his purest, at his best, at his finest, at his pinnacle. And so what I want us to see is that just as God is at his best when he's a father, gentlemen, men, when you take on the role of father, father figure, when you will go above and beyond and we begin to act according to that nature, that character, we're at our best. We're at our very best. It reminds me of a story I once heard of a young lady, a little girl, maybe four, three, four years old, and she's in the mall with her dad. And the mall is completely packed, right? It, had, it was around the holidays, Christmas times. So everybody's hustling and bustling, trying to get their, their, uh, their gifts, their last-minute gifts and all that. And this dad is just kind of in a rush, and he's got his daughter with him, and so he's kind of dragging her along, right? Just kind of, kind of pulling her along through the crowds and everything, going from store to store. He's got all these bags in one hand, and he's pulling her in this other hand. And then at, at, a, at a certain point, his daughter just starts to cry, inconsolably, I mean, just without control, she's just sobbing. And she's crying and crying and crying, and dad is just trying to get out of the mall, and he's pulling and pulling and pulling. And so then it finally gets to a point where he gets frustrated, and he says, Tina, baby, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And all these people just kind of just minding their own business, walking around, trying to get to whatever store they're in. He says, Tina, why are you crying? Baby, why are you crying? And she's crying and crying and crying, and he just can't understand. And then he finally gets on his knee, and he looks at her in the face, and he realizes that he's got all these people's rear ends, right? All their purses, all their bags banging into her the whole time. What's my point with that? That a man never stands as tall as when he kneels to meet a child where they're at. That's the potential that you carry, gentlemen. That's the potential that fathers have, that while we're strong, that while we're builders, that while we're doers, that while we're go-get-it, that while we want to bring a solution to everything, I mean, am I the only one that when my wife says, I have a problem, great, here's the solution. <laughs> well, my kids come to me and say, you know, I want to talk to you. In my mind, here's how it processes. Okay, let me tell you how you're going to do this. Point, my point here is this, that just as God the Father, didn't God himself, when he wanted to meet humanity and reach humanity and touch humanity and change humanity, did he come with a rod? Did he say from up on high, come on up here? No. The book of Hebrews reveals that he became just like us. It says that we don't have a high priest who's not uh, uh, unfamiliar with the challenges that we go through. He understands us, and he met us right where we're at so that he can lift us to the nature that he's given us now as new creations in Christ. Amen. Gentlemen, fathers, you carry that potential. See, there's a fathering you. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, says this. Now, while this is a scripture that speaks of humanity. I want to point something out to you here. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, 
over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, what's interesting about this scripture is this, that yes, we have all been created in his image and in his likeness. And now that we're in Christ, or maybe you don't know Christ and today's your day, there's an image within each and every one of us that reflects the Father. But I do want to point your attention to this, that when God first created the pinnacle of creation, it wasn't the sun, it wasn't the moon, it wasn't the stars, it wasn't the, it wasn't the water, it wasn't the animals, it wasn't the earth, it wasn't the trees, it wasn't the herbs. It was a man. It was a father. Just like him. A father reflects the image of our Heavenly Father. As men, we're created to reflect the image of God. Dad, you want to really, 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 really introduce your children to Jesus? Don't preach to them. Be like him. Be like God. Be like God. Love them like God does. Sometimes that's hard to understand because we want to kill them. Trust me, I've got two that just barely made it. <laughs> I've probably tried to bury them. No, let me stop. I've got, I've got great, well, they're not even kids anymore. I've a 23-year-old daughter and a 21-year-old son. Right? And I love them. Uh, but they had their moments, you know, when I wanted to just kind of yoke them up and, you know, squeeze them really hard and hug them extra, you know, tight and put a pillow. No, let me stop. <laughs> but you know, it was in those moments that, 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 that never worked. That never worked. Being a hammer only made them feel like a nail. It never worked. But it's in those moments where we approach people whether it's our children, whether it's the people that we can serve as a father figure to. It's in those moments where we love them. It doesn't mean that we compromise the truth. It doesn't mean that we excuse negative behavior, but it's when we love them without measure. It's when we approach them and we speak the truth in love. That's important. Not just the truth, but the truth with a basis, a foundation of love. When we approach them that way, what we do is we reflect the Heavenly Father. And guess who they meet? God the Father. God the Father. And so what we reflect as fathers has the potential of impacting children greatly. How much more impact can we have in the lives of our children when we live in a manner that reflects God's character? That makes sense. Psalm 32 verse 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. You know, growing up, uh, the father figure that we had in my life, the closest thing to a father figure we had in my life was my Uncle Carlos. This guy was 5'4", and he had muscles, but to me he was a giant. I thought he was 6'5 until I became like 11 and I realized I'm taller than him. <laughs> but, my, my, but this guy was a giant. My uncle was a, a rock in my life. He was everything that a man was supposed to be in my eyes. I loved him. I esteemed him. The first time I drove a car, I tried to drive like him and I crashed it. 
and destroyed it at 12 years old. That's another story for another time. But he was my hero. And in many ways, he was also a bedrock and a strength, not just to me, but to my four older sisters at the time. My younger sister wasn't born yet at that time. And so I remember uh, learning how to ride a bike with my uncle. My mother scraped up the very little that she had, and she bought us a bike. This was in the early 80s, 70s into the 80s. Um, and it wasn't a BMX, right? It wasn't a 10-speed. It was a banana seat bike. It was bright blue, and the paint on it was immaculate, but it had these girly sparkles in it. And so I'm the only boy. So for my sisters, it was cool, and they didn't know how to ride bikes either. And for me, I was the laughing stock of the block in Brooklyn. DeKalb and, 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 and Evergreen Avenue, and everybody laughed at me. But I didn't care, and I didn't know how to ride a bike, so what I would do is I would get on this big banana seat, right? I couldn't even sit on a seat, and I'd just kind of walk with it, and I would run, right? And I'd try to jump on the seat and kick my legs up to somehow ride, and I'd scrape my knees every time. And so my uncle one day comes to pick us up in the Brady Bunch station wagon that he had. Literally, it was the Brady Bunch station wagon. Picture perfect. So he takes us to this park out in Brooklyn. I think it was in Park Slope or something, but there was all these uh, uh, cement paths that were paved around, and, and then there, were, uh, you know, there was grass and trees. And so we went to this really nice park, and my uncle says, I'm going to teach you how to ride a bike. So I'm excited. So he teaches me, and of course I fall a few times. He's like, get up, boy. Come on, let's go. Get back on this bike. So he teaches me, and, and the whole time he would teach me, he would, he would kind of hold the back and, Right? He'd kind of have me study, then he'd let go, and he's walking with me, and then he'd you know, kind of let me go. And, I didn't re- and I'm thinking he's with me, and he's watching me the whole time. And before I knew it, I realized I'm riding a bike. And he's saying, go ahead, boy, keep going, son. You're doing great. Yep. Watch the tree. And so it just so happened that my uncle, uncle went to get us what some of you would call snow cones. Um, we call them piraguas. It's the ice, the crushed ice, right? And they put, so they would put like a... How do you say tamarindo in English? Tam- I don't know. Tamarindo, right? <laughs> Put tamarindo or cherry or whatever. So he's out there getting us some stuff. And my sister Norma sees me on the bike. Now, I'm still wobbly, but I'm getting, a- getting around. My sister Norma says, ooh, ooh I want to learn. I want to learn. Because they were busy running around doing what girls do. They didn't hang out with their little brother. And so my sister comes, ooh, I want to learn. I said, oh, I'll teach you. I did not do what my uncle did. Let me just say that. I said, come on. Now, I'm younger than her, so I can't really hold up the bike, so she's trying. But she kind of got the hang of it. And so what I did was, I'm going to help you. And I pushed the bike. (laughs) And she went (laughs) barreling all the way down into a tree. It's a miracle she didn't break her nose. I don't know why I shared that. But anyway. uh, Well, I know know why I shared it with you. Because unlike my uncle, something that I learned from my uncle is that he wouldn't just teach us but he would watch us. And the Bible says here in this scripture, in Psalm 32, 8, that God instructs us and he teaches us in the way that we should go and he guides us with his eye. Why is that important? Because gentlemen, each and every one of you, whether you know it or not, is meant to teach, to instruct. You you might not do it from a pulpit, you might not do it from a stage, But believe it or not, the youth, our children, people that we know, just in general, are watching. They're watching. 
And we are meant to instruct, to teach. But here's what we're also supposed to do. Guide. Watch and guide. I have a philosophy when it comes to just teaching. My philosophy is simply this. Watch me do it. Now let's do it together. Then after we do it together, now you do it and I'll watch you. And then after we do that, now you do it with someone else. See, but the whole time it's in relationship. And what we fail to realize as fathers is that sometimes we teach, but we don't watch. We're meant to teach, to instruct, but then to guide and watch them as they go along. You and I carry that. We're meant to, to, to act just as the Father. Now, when we don't act this way, when we neglect this part of who we are, it can be catastrophic. Let me give you an example of this from the Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 2, I'm not going to ask you to turn there just yet, but we're going to be looking at verse 29. Um, talks about a, a, a gentleman by the name of Eli. Eli was a priest uh, among the people of Israel. It was a prestigious and very uh, a serious position that he held. And so Eli had, was of the lineage of the Levites. And Eli, his sons, were also priests up and coming. But the, the problem is that Eli's sons, the Bible says, were wicked. Eli's sons would take the sacrifices, would demand the best of the sacrifices for themselves from the people. And they would take the leftovers and they would bring that to the altar. As a matter of fact, the Bible even says that Eli's sons would go and have relations with the women that would stand outside the temple courts. And so these guys were really, really rough. They, were, they lived erroneously. But the problem is that while Eli would tell them something, Eli never taught them anything. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 29, we see God speaking to Eli and rejecting him. And here's what he says, Why did you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have com commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? You see, a father's instruction or a lack of it goes a long way. And what Eli failed to do was to teach his children when they needed it most. It's catastrophic. Let me tell you something else a father is. A father is a provider. Now let me preface that by saying this, that I, I, there have been times in my own trajectory as a father where things were tight. There were times when I didn't have it. And so before we read 1 Timothy 5, 8, I want you to understand that this is not specifically speaking to fathers, but there's a valuable principle there that applies to us as fathers. And what I want us to understand is that what, the, what 1 Timothy 5, 8 is going to address is when someone knowingly and with the ability to provide chooses not to. So let's read it. 1 Timothy 5, 8 says this, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. If there's one thing that God the Father has looked most to, is as a father. Haven't we all been there? God, 
I need direction. God, help me see your provision. God, help me see the opportunities that you're opening up. We all understand what it is to look as, to God as a provider, but we must also understand that there's a provider in you that's meant to provide. That's where that comes from in us, right? And so uh, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 through 12. And I want to just make this point to you that a father points his children to God. Let's see what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. It says, you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. See, that's what fathers do. Sometimes we feel like we have to be strong. Sometimes we feel like we have to just command. But Paul says something about fathers here. He says, fathers, we exhort. Fathers, we comfort. Fathers, we charge them. We, 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 we hold them accountable. And so, let me read that to you again. He says, you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. As I mentioned, the father points his children to God. Now I get it. As fathers, there's great pride in us when you've got a son that wants to be just like you. He wants to swing the bat like you. He wants to walk like you. He wants to talk like you. There's great pride in that. It does something to you when, you, when your son says, I want to be just like my dad. But fathers, let me point you to a greater thing. There's nothing greater than a father who wants his child to be like God. That points his children to God. Through his example, through his words, through his strength. In those moments of weakness where we can be transparent and we can see them, we, we can teach them and allow them to see us depending upon God. I tell you, that'll change a child's life. The best gift we could ever give children, the best gift we could ever give as a father figure to someone is the example of dependence and a love for God. Hasn't Christ changed your life? If he has, go ahead and say amen. amen. Well, hey, won't that same example in pointing them to that change theirs? So a father points his children to God. And lastly, this is one that doesn't come naturally to some fathers, to many fathers. A father builds by his relationships. Now I know that as men, we look at the lives that we build by the work that we do, by the role that we play, by the strength that we portray. There's nothing wrong with those things at all. As men, we're doers, we're fixers, we're problem solvers. But here's a thought that I'd like to share with you all. I personally have never met a man that lay on his dying deathbed and said, I wish I had more time to work. 
I wish I had more time to fix, to solve. Conversely, here's what I have heard. I just wish I had a little more time to spend with my family, to love my children. One of the greatest needs amongst youth and in this world today is quality time spent with fathers, a father figure. Fathers, we serve an intimate and loving God. A God who didn't just give his son. He gave his one and only. He gave it all. Why? So that we could be near. So that we could have intimate and personal relationship with a loving father. We'd be wise to strive to do the same. To go for the goal of having relationship, of building relationships with our children, with those that we can impact. Fathers, there's a great father in you. And when you honor God the Father, when you aspire to live that way, to set that example, and when we begin to see fathers and the men in our lives that way, young and old, what begins to happen is that there's this great image that's just like God the Father that comes to be revealed. And so fathers today, we honor you. We honor the Father, God the Father in you.